Hi there, and welcome to my Fashion Stories Box podcast, a podcast about stories in fashion history. I am Catherine, and I'm so glad to welcome you here. Let's discover together interesting facts about fashion and history and fashion history. What associations do you do with the 70s and the hippies? For me, the 70s are about flower, peace and love, long bohemian dresses, flare pants, and Habas dancing queen. I have images of young people free dancing around campfires, following no rules apart from theirs, playing the guitar on the beach, loving each other and the nature, bathing in the sun, barefoot on the grass. Yes, I know, maybe a very romantic vision of this decade, you would tell me. In this new episode of my Fashion Stories Box podcast, we will dive in the hippie philosophy and how this subculture movement created fashion codes we are still using nowadays. We will first know more about them, who they were, then we will look through their demands and how these demands influenced their way of life and of dress. And finally, we will see what kind of legacy they left and how their philosophy and its expression might be still relevant in our today's world. The 70s were considered as a pivot of change period and were even nicknamed the me-decade, where individualism was king. Individualism? Yes, but as we will see with the hippies, a kind of altruistic individualism. And on the other hand, an individualism characterized by the emergence and development of not just one style, but several in the same time to translate, to translate each person's individuality and differentiation from the other groups. The Second World War was followed by a period of economic prosperity. Les Trente Glorieuses, as we call this period in French, the 30-year post-war boom, starting from around 1945 to around 1973. Mass production and mass consumption have been encouraged in order to rebuild the parts of the world devastated by the war. Technical innovations done during the war and applied to the military sector started to be declined for more civilian purposes. The development of cars, of washing machines, of transportations, of communication, the first man in space, the first man on the moon. Everything seemed possible. Everything started to become faster. The future seemed bright and the society didn't really think about the potential long-term consequences of this overproduction and consumption on the environment. Well, at least until the 70s. This decade saw the emergence of an environmental consciousness. The society was starting to understand the potential negative long-term effects of capitalism on nature. I once watched a short documentary showing a researcher in a factory wondering at all this plastic bottles production, where they were ending, no surprise, on the landfill, and what would be their impact on nature and on the future generations through their decomposition process. I remember him wondering why we were producing so much. And this interrogation was coming back regularly on other documents I could read from that decade. 
an environmental consciousness was arising. This genuine worrying about the future, the respect towards nature, and this coming back to a more reasonable, even human way of life, could have changed so many things, should it have been pursued, starting with the climate change challenges we are now facing. On top of that, after a relatively quiet period following the Second World War, new conflicts started to emerge. The Cold War between the Eastern Bloc and the Western Bloc was increasing for ideology domination of the world. The Vietnam War started at the end of the 60s and was still raging during the 70s. The USSR invaded Afghanistan, then replaced by the USA. The Iranian Revolution took place. Tensions in the Middle East between Israel and its neighbor rose. The first oil crisis happened. And as you can imagine, All of these events would set the mood for this new generation who was going to be 20 years old and angry against the establishment. One movement will crystallize the youth rebellion against this post-war society, the hippies. Who were they? From where did they come? What were their claims, their vision of the perfect world? And how did this rebellion, this political movement, translate its messages through the nonverbal communication tool, which is fashion? If you listen to the episode of my Fashion Stories Box podcast dedicated to the summer of love, you learned a bit more about the birth of the hippie movement and the fashion style linked with it. I'd like to to give you more background information on them before on looking at how this movement developed during the 70s. The hippie movement started at the end of the 60s in the USA as a way to protest against the Vietnam War. But this subculture roots can be dated back from the 50s already with the Beats movement. The Beats? The Beats are the Beat generation where people originated from more bohemian parts of American cities as San Francisco, Los Angeles, or New York. They were people who decided to adopt an alternative way of life. Their nickname of Beats or Beatnik comes from the word Beat, worry. They rebelled against the society of the 50s, promoted personal release, purification, and illumination by saturating their senses using drugs, jazz music, sex, and Buddhism inspiration. Does it ring a bell? Yes, right. They sound really like the hippies. And in fact, the beats were the precursors of the hippies. The word hippie itself come from, comes from hip, an adjective also used describes the beats. And as their predecessors, the hippies positioned themselves against the society of their time. The hippie countercultural movement started almost end of the 60s and would last up to the middle of the 70s. They were young people, teenagers up to around 20 years old, American, white, coming from the middle class. They were this baby boom generation born after the Second World War, but not quite happy with the new world their parents built after the war. They felt oppressed in this society, promoting consumption and materialism, the following of strict rules and domination. They wanted to break free, to take over control of their lives, to do something at the opposite of their parents. 
typical teenager rebellion, would you say? And you wouldn't be wrong. But for the case of the hippies, this teenager rebellion led to the creation of a completely new culture. The Vietnam War, in which the USA engaged at the end of the 60s, would really act as a catalyzer, leading them to promote the opposite of war, peace. This rejection of violence will be one of their main political messages. It will be all about pacifism, openness, tolerance, love. This would be translated in slogans such as Make love, not war, peace and love. A bigger freedom when it comes to sexual relationships, favoring open relations against marriage and the restrictions linked to this social institution. They would seek spiritual guidance in regions outside the Judeo-Christian ones. Buddhism, Hinduism would be where they would look for more genuine, human, without hypocrisy relationships to challenge the establishment. Countries as Turkey, Iran, Afghanistan, India, Nepal would be where they would look for an alternative for more spirituality and less materiality and how their openness would be translated to. The consumption of drugs such as marijuana and LSD would help them to find solace in their colorful head trips. They will act as the key to their own nirvana and spirituality. The second political message the hippies had was regarding the environment. As I explained a bit earlier, a period of mass production and mass consumption followed the end of the Second World War. The young generation started to develop an environmental consciousness and prompted a coming back to a way of life more respectful to nature. This would be translated in a communal way of life with cooperatives, the creation of communities where everything was shared, belonged to the group, focusing on eating naturally, favoring vegetarian diets, natural products, holistic medicine, natural fibers for clothes as cotton, wool, linen, hemp, developing also second-hand markets and promoting handmade practices against the reign of the robotization. Hippies would even organize the first Earth Day in 1970 and would involve themselves into creating awareness around the protection of the environment by organizing lectures in colleges and universities. Their search to challenge their, the conservatism of the society to rebel against violence and overconsumption, their will for a free, qualitarian world respectful of the environment will of course have an impact on the way they would dress. As you all know, fashion is a powerful non-verbal communication tool we've been using for centuries to give information about who we are, to which group we belong, our position in the society, our gender, even our sexual availability. Hippies will also use fashion to translate their political positioning. It will be less about dressing to impress and more about dressing to express. Should it be their position against violence or for the environment and equality, everything will be used as a visual breaker compared to the conservatism of their parents' generation. Let's look at it a bit more in details.
If we start with the general silhouettes of the 70s, the mid-generation will show a bit more altruism than a pure focus on individualism. The hippies' vision of the perfect society implied a complete equality between genders, and the outfits they would choose will help achieving this. Indeed, unisex was the key word. Blurring the body's lines and curves under loose clothes was one way to achieve it. Women would wear long dresses or skirts, flat pants with tunics on the top, scarves and headbands on their hairs. They would also reject the bras and stop shaving their body hair. While men would let their hair grow, wearing also flare pants, and both would wear platform-heeled shoes, boots or clogs, all in a very relaxed attitude. Another equality was in display, social equality. In their wish to break conventions, the hippies will look at the working-class garments, such as the turtlenecks, which were worn by the sailors during the 19th century, then by explorers and finally by workers, for its practicability and comfort. Turtlenecks protect your neck without having you to wear a scarf. They would become, after a symbol of a layback attitude, as opposed to the cravats that men still had to wear to show respectability. Another symbolic garment of the 70s takes its root in the navy, the flared pants. Indeed, did you know that flared pants were first worn by sailors? As the legs of the pants were larger, it was easier for sailors to take off their wet pants and swim back to the boat or being saved from the waters in the event they would fall out of board. Their fascination for nature and everything environmental would also be transcribed in their way of dressing. They would favor floral, paisley prints, natural fibers, as I mentioned earlier, plus muslin, silk, demin, faux fur, and sweat imitation. Second-hand clothing, preferring to shop in harmless surplus, too. They would also adopt mending as a principle and patchwork, handmade clothes, especially for knitwear, where people would knit or crochet the outfits themselves. It was the age of the do-it-yourself. Not only did they try to reduce their impact on the environment, but they would also take inspiration from cultures they would consider as closer, more in harmony with Mother Nature. Native American, African, Indian, Asian cultures will be an endless source of inspiration for the hippies, not only through their own philosophies, but also through their ways of dressing. They will look at the craftsmanship, the handmade aspect, the patterns, the fabrics used, the shapes to integrate them to their own garments. That is how you could see items as kaftans, kimonos, chalabas, nehru jackets flowing into their outfits, completed with beads, fringes, geometrical ethnic-inspired patterns, and symbols from Eastern cultures. Today, we will talk about cultural appropriation. But at that time, for the hippies, it was more a way to reconnect with nature, to make the human parts of nature again. And what's best than looking at and copying the lifestyle of tribes who didn't cut their links with nature? Moreover, for the hippies, Planet Earth was a big village. It was all about inclusivity, openness, and tolerance. They didn't see anything bad about that. 
Folklore and ethnics were cohabitating with patchwork, embroideries, countryside items as peasant tops, bohemian fields, peace signs, everything which could be with everything which could breath freedom and simplicity. Their experimentation with drugs would also be reflected in their clothes. Under the influence of LSD, they would see combinations of bright colors with moving shapes. They would find them so bright, so inadequation with their philosophy, that the hippies would try to replicate these patterns in real life. This was the birth of psychedelic a term used to define the visual sensations the drugs created. They would obtain these patterns with the tie-and-dye techniques and the mix-and-match of colors such as orange, purple, red, some orangey-brown, mustard-yellow, khaki, rust, with princess stripes, flowers, and checks. From their hairstyle to their clothes, from their prints to the colors, the hippies' fashion was about experimentations, being young and free and against the norms. It was here to shock, pretty much as their philosophy and lifestyle. Two designers are said to have understood this changing society and translated into fashion. Yves Saint Laurent, the French, who was already ahead of this unisex trend with his tuxedo for women, launched during his fall winter 1966 collection, and Halston, the American, who would develop draped and jersey dresses. They managed to translate this counterculture, this subculture and its claims into anti-conformist and casual designs. However, they weren't the only ones to surf on that hippie wave. Diane from Furstenberg would revolutionize women's wear and redefine the female silhouette with a wrapped dress in 1974, a dress designed to fit every body types and to symbolize the new freedom women were acquiring. Laura Ashley would be crowned the designer of the hippies with her romantic lines inspired by nature, the countryside and folklore and the floral prints. And Sonia Riquel would be widely inspired by the handmade and production independence of hippie communities for a very characteristic stripped knitwear, a poor boy sweater which positioned her as the queen of knits. The strengths of the poetical messages the hippies wanted to convey, and through their actions, and through their clauses, would slowly fade away starting from mid-70s. What would be kept, though, is their fashion sense, which would be taken by commercial brands, transforming it into a worldwide success. Flat pants, maxi skirts, bohemian dresses, turtlenecks, flower prints, tie-dye, psychedelic prints would be considered as a fashion statement more than a political one. By the end of the 70s, every fashionista would be dressed that way to show off a more relaxed, casual, laid-back attitude. The hippie fashion entered the mainstream culture after having been a subculture with some items which would become big classic classics. However, by the end of the 70s, hippie fashion would be the main way of dressing. The punks were already in the place, dictating on another aesthetics, another vision of the world. 
Then disco fashion will enter the competition with its glitters, satin, sequins and gold color, followed by the power suit of the 80s, linked with a new generation obsessed by their careers and professional ambitions. Nevertheless, hippies will never be too far away. The flared pants will be adopted by the disco people alongside with the platform shoes. Just look at the group ABBA or the singer Cher. Not to forget about John Travolta in the movie The Saturday Night Fever. And the hippies' contestation approach, their rebellious side would be taken by the punks, in a more violent way though, but always in this wish to shock and to challenge the political establishment, incarnated by the sex pistol and the queen of punk, the late Vivian Westwood. If we look at nowadays fashion, it's not rare to see long bohemian skirts or dresses invading the racks of fashion retailers and designers, as Alexandra Rich for a Fall Winter 2021 collection, or Etro and Chloe for the same season. It's easy to spot the inspiration characterized by the floral patterns, bold almost psychedelic colors, folklore-inspired items, fringes, knitwear, crochet, and the always fashionable flared pants, making regular comebacks in between skinny jeans and leggings. A way to still convey a message about freedom and love, which was so important for the 70s hippie and still relevant today. Fashion is freedom, don't you agree? So now you know what to do. Make a political statement about love and tolerance, wherefore, Prince, wake up the hippie inside you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my Fashion Stories Box podcast dedicated to hippie fashion. As you could see, political contestation can be done in a peaceful manner, in a non-verbal way, through fashion. Take inspiration from the hippies to spread love and tolerance in our wounded world. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen your podcasts, to connect with me on Instagram and Facebook to complete the podcast with some visuals. And if you like my podcast, feel free to leave a comment or a review. I would really appreciate it. I am Catherine. And this is my Fashion Stories Box podcast, a podcast about stories in fashion history. See you next time for a new Fashion Story Box. Mm-hmm.